All right, welcome back to Life in 10. This is episode 38. Happy Easter to everybody. I hope you have uh, some fun plans with, well, I don't know if you can actually get together with your family, but it's just such a strange time right now. But um, it is what it is, and hopefully we're almost done with it. Uh, Today we have a special, special guest, and uh, hopefully you've been listening to the past couple episodes because we've had guests on, and it's been uh, fun to talk to people. And just get their perspective on things. But today's guest is my friend and your friend, Mr. Joe Stein. How are you, Joe? I'm awesome. How are you doing, Isaac? Doing well. So Joe and I actually work together. We've worked together for, I think, almost four years, maybe going on five. I'm not really sure. But I've got the chance to get to know him really well. And he's one of the funniest people I know and just a great uh, guy. He has a wonderful family. So I have uh, been a very... Uh, fortunate to get to know him uh, over these past couple of years and you guys have ta- heard me talk about uh, the awakening event and uh, joe was heading that up and asked me to be a part of that so and that was such a great and impactful time in my life here recently so joe let me tell you kind of here's where i'm at right now so spring and summer are two of my absolute favorite seasons of the year i just love them um, the idea of g- coming out of this cold nasty winter and then you're going into just everything's kind of rejuvenating there's like a sense of joy that people have whenever it's warm outside and they can get out in the sunshine and so i mean i just love this time of the year and this year though it's just like it's a different feeling and i'm not saying i'm necessarily it's not like i'm in like depression or anything but it's like my joy has turned more into like I would say like a hope, uh, a hope that this thing that we're experiencing will, will be over soon, which we hear things every day like it's going to. Uh, there's just like the hope that to eventually like see the light at the end of the tunnel, a hope that, you know, the people that we care about, that we love and, and all of us, honestly, will, will come out of this um, healthy and OK. But it's just it's just a different, weird just strange feeling that I I think we're all kind of feeling right now. So when I thought about having this, doing this episode and then Joe, I thought about you being on is I think we just need to, we need a little bit of joy in our lives. We need a a new way to think about things. We need to just laugh a little bit. And you always tell just hilarious stories. And I was like, you know what, let me reach out to Joe and see if he can, uh, bring some joy to our lives this weekend and this week as we we listen to the podcast. So I'm going to pass it over to you. You said you had some things that you wanted to share, and I will kind of go back and forth, but um, feel free to, to launch right into it. Sure, thanks. And one of the things that I just wanted to, to say, you know, I love the spring and the summer also. Um, we love doing cookouts and hanging out with friends, and you just wonder what it's going to look like going forward. I right. mean, are those things going to happen? And are we going to be able to get together and, and, you know, hang out outside and grill burgers and do that kind of stuff? And you just don't know. So when you said <clears throat> joy and hope, I mean, I'm right there with you. I think probably 90% of America is because uh, we just don't know what the new normal is going to look like. So, right. Um, one of the things about me, and you know this, uh, given that we work together, it's like, things just happen to me. And I don't know um, if it's because I have a sense of humor 
And God knows that I will uh, take these situations that I find myself in and turn them into stories that uh, have br- that can bring people joy. The story that I'm about to share with you is actually, uh, it's a true story. It's something that happened to me about, gosh, close to 30 years ago, I want to say. My wife and I were newly married. Um, we lived in an apartment complex and our neighbors across the hall from us um, invited us to go to what back then was called the Deer Creek Fair. And it was a basically a chintzy carnival that was put on by Q95 um, out at what is now, I think, Ruoff, unless they've changed the name again. But so we were out there um, with them and we're just walking around this place and uh, and they've got, you know, cheap carnival rides and you can throw a dart and pop a balloon, win a prize, that kind of stuff. So we're walking around and I come up on this ride that you may have seen before. It looks like three metal hoops and it has a chair in the middle that you strap yourself onto yeah. it. Okay. And, you know, once they strap you on, the hoops start spinning every, every different direction. And, um, and you're supposed to get a feeling of weightlessness. So I'm standing in line and I'm watching and, I'm getting closer and closer to the front of the line. Well, I'm about two to three people away from the front of the line. And I uh, start getting the urgency to go to the bathroom, Uh, a sit down job, if you will. And uh, I'll try to keep this rated PG for the family. Um, But anyway, so, um, so I'm, I'm like, I get, I need to take care of business before I get on this ride. So I pull myself out of the line and I go over to the pavilion where they hold concerts and there was actually a concert going on that night. So I said, can I jump in and use the restroom real quick? And they asked me if I had a ticket to the concert and I did not. Um, so they denied me entrance to uh, the pavilion, but they said, you can use one of those portalettes right over there. <clears throat> and they pointed to an area that I think had 50 portalettes, maybe more. And it was a big long line of blue portalettes. Each portalette had three to four people um, standing in line in front of it. And so, uh, so I started heading over that direction. Well, the urgency picked up as I was heading that direction and I was very fortunate, or at least I thought I was that the one on the very end didn't have a line. Well, this must be my lucky day. So I jump in that portalette. Now I need to back up and tell you it was just about dark. Um, it was about 85 to 90 degrees outside and, you know, those things don't have ventilation right. or very good ventilation. And so I jump in and um, drop trow and uh, proceeded to sit down to take care of business. Well, apparently um, somebody or somebody's, I think it's the latter, um, had uh, pooped all the way around the rim of the toilet seat. And I, I didn't see it before sitting down. And so when I sat and you don't have visual on the, on the podcast. So uh, you just have to kind of, you let your own uh, mind kind of visualize this. But as I sat, the sound as it, as it shot out onto the back of my legs, (laughs) down onto my shoes, onto my shorts that were uh, down lower. And I immediately went into shock. I am sweating profusely like, I can't believe what just happened to me and blaming myself, of course. Right. So, um, so I'm sitting there and it's, what am I going to do? 
So the obvious, right? Get toilet paper, wipe off. So I go for the toilet paper. Nope, no toilet paper in the portalette at all whatsoever. So um, now, of course, that makes me even more angry. And so um, thankfully, I'm a skilled marksman with a dart and had popped a balloon earlier uh, at the carnival and won a T-shirt for Newport cigarettes. (laughs) And I don't smoke. So I just had a free T-shirt. Well, I used the T-shirt. It quickly became toilet paper. So I wiped myself, threw it down in the hole, looked down, assessed the situation. I'm still, I don't know, 60% covered with the feces of what had to be, I don't know, six to eight people. Anyway, um, I kind of think it might have been a college prank or something. And that these guys are sitting on a hill somewhere watching what's going on. But I never confirmed that. So, um so now I'm like, what am I going to do? Well, I, I was wearing uh, canary yellow oh, tennis sh- shorts geez. and post sitting down in the, uh, the, the mess shot a bunch of it down onto my shorts, which are now yellow and brown. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not wearing those things out of here. So I took those, wiped my legs, wiped my rear end real good, threw those down in the hole. Same thing with my underwear chuck them down in the hole. And now I'm literally um, in a polo shirt, shoes and socks, and I've still got it on me. Um, So I take off one shoe, take off the sock, put a shoe back on, same thing on the other foot. So now I have two socks left. I do the rest of my cleanup with those two socks, chuck them down in the hole of the portalette. And now I'm mostly clean, but obviously I've got a different dilemma now. So (laughs) what am I going to do to get out of this situation? Well, at the same time, I've got people knocking on the door like, come on, man, uh, hurry it up in there. I'm like, it's going to be a while because I have no pants on. <laughs> and so um, so anyway, I'm like, what am I going to do? So I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, of course, it feels like it's a thousand degrees right now, partially because I'm angry. And, and it probably was close to 100 degrees, at least in there, if not more. Well, as luck would have it, if you will, I was in the one on the end. So I was able to climb up onto uh, the edge of this, not the seat that had poop all over it, but right next to it and look out the vent on the side. And I was able to see um, right next to me was a woman and her daughter standing there. And so I thought it would be a good idea to ask her to walk out into the general area out in the middle and start yelling for my wife so that she could come (laughs) save me. Well, in hindsight, it wasn't a great idea because um, when I, so I basically said, ma'am, ma'am, could you please do me a favor? I said, I'm trapped in here. I need my wife to come help me out with something. Could you please um, go out in the middle and yell for Donna Stein? And she immediately grabbed her daughter's hand, started looking around like real fast, like uh, this is a bad situation and took off with her daughter as if like a pervert was trying to get them to do something, you know, bad. (laughs) So I thought, well, okay, at least she's going to go get the police (laughs) and the police are going to come arrest the pervert and I'll get out of here. But that never happened. She just disappeared thinking there was a creeper in the portalette. So that plan failed. So I'm literally just standing there looking. I have no plan. I'm just trying to figure out how to get out of this thing. Well, after about, I don't know, 30 minutes at least, um, the guy who we were there with, his name was Chris, comes walking up 
And I could tell that they were looking for me and just kind of looking around. And I yell, Chris, Chris, Joe, is that you? Yeah, I'm trapped in this portal. Somebody pooped all over the inside of it. I sat in it. My clothes are gone from the waist down. I need some pants. Can you go find Donna and get me some pants? And so, uh, so he starts walking away. And I'm watching. He's getting further and further and further away. And um, finally, I see my wife. And I see him walk up to her and he's gesturing with his hands and he's saying, you know, I, I, I know what he's saying. You're, you know, Joe's trapped in the portalette back there. He's sat in poop. He needs pants. <laughs> and, um, and she immediately uh, started slapping her leg and laughing hysterically, which <laughs> when you've been trapped in a portalette for 30 minutes, yeah. incenses you, right? Because you want your wife to be compassionate and, <laughs> and sad for you. She's laughing her head off. And so I was bummed out about that. I wasn't real happy. And then so she um, disappears into the crowd and I sit back down, not sit, but I'm, I kind of climb down from the seat and I'm literally just standing there in the hell of the portalette, hoping that she finds me a solution. And after about another 10 to 15 minutes, there's a knock on the door. Joe, are you in there? Yes, I'm in, you know, I'm not in a good mood. Right. I'm in here, I'm in here. Um, please tell me you got me some shorts. She goes, I did, I got you a pair of shorts. So I pop open the door, reach out. She puts them in my hand, I pull them in. White Harley Davidson knickers that came down to my knee. I didn't care what they were, Isaac. They could have been a thong, <laughs> I would have been happy. Um, so I throw those things on, I come out, and literally it felt like a God blew on my face. It was like the you know, it was 85 degree air, but it felt like it was, you know, 32 degree air when I came out. And so I come out and she goes, Oh, of course I'm sweaty as I'll get out. Right. I'm just in not, not in a good place. Oh, honey. She look, points down at my feet and she goes, you have poop on your shoe. And she starts laughing again. <laughs> I lost it. I'm like, I've been trapped in this portalette for 45 minutes. And the first thing you can tell me when I come out is you have poop on your shoe. <laughs> well, anyway, so I calm down after a while. We we start walking over to the pavilion because I'm still gross, right? You've been sitting in people's defecation for who knows how long. And um, and so we go over and I see a couple of police officers. You could probably guess where they were getting an elephant ear because there's no donuts available. So no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love police officers. Sorry. That was too easy. Underhand. Um, so I go up to them and I'm like, officers the portalette on the end somebody pooped all over the inside of it it's everywhere in there you need to take some of that crime scene tape and like tape that thing up um and you know so that nobody else walks in there and they're like oh yeah yeah, yeah. we're right on that so they went back to eating their elephant ear i walked back over to the pavilion told them what happened asked them if i could come in and wipe off and they asked me if i had a ticket to the concert and i'm like of course i don't that's how i got myself into the situation in the first place <laughs> If I would have had a ticket to the con, I mean, I was like one of those, you know, crotchety old people, you know, if I would have had a ticket, I wouldn't have got myself into that situation, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. So, um, so my wife chimes in and she goes, you mean to tell me with AIDS going on and all this, you're not going to let him come in and wash off. And as soon as she said AIDS, they soften and they're like, you're right. Come in. We'll take you to the first aid station. They took me in. I get some washcloths cleaned off came out in my sweet new Harley Davidson yeah. white knickers. Um, oh, I forgot to tell you the best part. So while I was in there, um, you, you, you know the punchline, but I totally breezed over this part. 
while I was trapped in the portal at, I came up with three options. Um, one, which, you know, I did was to just hole up in there, wait for the park to close. And ultimately uh, they would come looking for me, yeah. find me and take me out. Right. That's what I chose. Here's what I was contemplating though. I had my shirt and I was thinking about uh, taking off my shirt, putting it over my head, looking through the sleeve as a little periscope <laughs> and just making a mad dash for the car. <laughs> and so there's a streaker, but we don't know who it is because we can't see his face. That was plan number one. Plan number two was to take my shirt off, put my legs through the sleeves like a diaper, put it up, you know, pull the shirt up with a diaper, like a diaper, and then make a mad dash. And at least they would know who the knucklehead was, but they wouldn't be able to see anything revealing. Right. Right. And I pro right. probably wouldn't get arrested or number three was to hold up anyway. So, you know what I did? I totally whiffed on that telling you that part <laughs> of it. Um, but anyway, so, uh, so I, after I get cleaned off, come out, I'm a trooper. We decided to stay at the carnival and we're oh, walking wow. around. We spend probably another hour and a half there with our friends. Of course I'm commando cause my underwear lived in a portalette now. Um, and so, uh, as we're leaving, we walk past the portalette of death and I kid you not, there was no police tape because they, they didn't follow through the door swings open and out walks a look to be a college age girl. It's really like she was walking through a minefield. Like if you can envision somebody like trying to, she's stepping very gingerly as she came out of that thing. And you could tell she was just mortified at what she saw on the inside that I knew all too well. So that's my story of the portalette. I hope it never happens to any, anybody, you know, your listeners. Um, but anyway, so that's a, a true story that, you know, while uh, God allowed something horrible to happen to me, the joy that that has brought people for 30 years. I, we go to this family camp up in Wisconsin. If I haven't told that story, gosh, we've been going up there for 27 years. I've probably told that story 65 times, including one time on it's on YouTube. Now you can go see story time with uncle Joe on YouTube. And the portal, that story is actually on there. It's me telling it in front of probably, I don't know, 75 people up at this family camp in Wisconsin. So anyway, hopefully that made you chuckle a little bit got some joy out of that and and uh we can move on <laughs> oh my gosh so i mean there's so much to break down there so we won't get into all of it but <laughs> the first thing is why did i thing, sit down that or don't you always check to see that there's going to be toilet paper in the porter potty before you sit down i could Isn't tell that you the thing i always thought that was the thing I mean, I do it with a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time now, but <laughs> number one, it was, and here's the funny part. Like I'm literally walking up to that thing going, this is my lucky day. I mean, there's a line right. in front of all the other portalettes. So you can start with that. Like, didn't you think something was up? Like it's the only one that didn't have a line in front up. of it. I had to go so bad. I didn't really care and went in. And if yeah. it was broad daylight, I may have ended up in a better position, but Hey, I, you know, if I could go back and think of all the different uh, times I've told this amount of laughter that it's brought to people, I'd probably do it on purpose just to be able to share that yeah. with, with other people. So <laughs> what Satan point means I'll for evil, out, God turns uh, to good, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the canary shorts, 
I mean, what uh, what year is this? The seventies? We're in the eighties? What's happening? <laughs> How old do you think I am? No, it was probably actually ninety two <laughs> or three. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you said it. Oh man, that's uh, yeah. That's been, that's funny. I'm trying to think of what I would have done in that situation, and I probably would have done the same thing. Just waited until. I mean, I wouldn't even have a thought to yell at somebody to try to go get somebody. I don't, I don't you... even know. But I mean, we have cell phones now, so I guess we could have just called somebody. But <laughs> we didn't. When then. you're in a desperate situation, you uh, you all you want to do is try to find a way out of it. So it was uh, it was truly a a shock of sorts because I was um, I was thinking really. And, uh, but I truly was, I mean, I, I'm certain it was some state of shock that I was in, um, just having had that happen to me. It was, yeah, it, it <laughs> makes your mind go other places. So. Oh man, that's, uh, and the, the funny part is that this is not the only story like this that has happened to you. Oh my um, gosh. I, I get trapped I, I've in heard things. several others. <clears throat> <laughs> I've been trapped but, in the uh, portal at, but go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. I, I've been trapped in the portal. I've been trapped in an elevator for hours um, with somebody who was claustrophobic. That was interesting. Um, <laughs> I got trapped in a car wash and it's one of those that, you know, you pay for your gas and they give you a little code and then you get to go through their little yeah. you know, 30 second car wash. It was dead. of went, do you have okay for me to tell it real quick? This one's. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I, yeah, I, I um, it was a Shell gas station. I was actually running uh, right on time for work. I had to get gas, and it would have worked out perfectly. Um, pretty cold outside. I'm in. I had a, like a black trench coat, um, fashionable one, not trench coat mafia type. But um, so I'm. I fill up with gas. I get my coat. I go around, and it, in the winter time, they have garage doors that come down. Once you punch your code, the garage door goes up, right? So I. I punch right, the code, right. the garage door lifts, and I pull up onto the little um, track that pulls you through and, you know, put the car in neutral. And as I'm going in, of course, the door shuts behind, you know, the, the garage door shuts behind me. And I'm going through those little spinny things that are all cloth and stuff. And yeah. I see taillights and they're getting closer. Well, if we're on the same tread, shouldn't they not be getting closer? <laughs> and right. so how am I gaining on something that's traveling the same speed as me? Well, it turns out I come through the spinners and there's a man standing outside of his car with his hands out in front of him, like, stop, stop. I, my first thought was I'm oh getting killed God. in a car wash. This guy's going to, he's going to blow my <laughs> brains out. And um, so I come through the spinners he's just getting demolished by these spinning cloths because um, he's outside of his car. But he, I know why, because he wanted me to slam into the back of his car. So he's getting just sloshed yeah. with, with water and soap. And I come through, of course I slam on my brakes and those things about chew up your tires when you, you know, you're not supposed to hit your brake. Um, and so yeah. my, you know, and then it, the machine cycles off and the spinner stops spinning. And here's this guy with a horrible look on his face because he's winter and me in my car, like paranoid that I'm about to die in a car wash. And so he comes up, I'm not rolling down the window or anything. Cause I don't know what the heck's going on. Very, very um, confused about this whole thing. He knocks on my window and he yells, we're trapped in here. 
And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, the door on the exit side won't open. He goes, I've been pushing buttons. I've been pulling up on it. We're stuck. And if another car comes, there's no room for it. I mean, the door is going to close on that car's top. And so, um, so I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Well, one of the spinners was right outside my door. So I could barely get out of my car to try to help find a solution. So he's pulling on the spinner. I'm pushing on my door. I squeeze through the door um, to be able to get out. Of course, now I'm getting a little bit wet and praying that the uh, car wash doesn't cycle again to get us soaked, right. to get me soaked. He was already soaked. And so we're going around pushing red buttons and stuff on this thing. And we can't get out. We're trapped in this car wash. So finally, he gets an idea. He's going to pull up on the door as hard as he can to see how high he can lift it. And he got it up about, I don't know, well, however thick my body is, because it was literally all we could do for me to slide under the door. So he pulls it up. I slide under the door. Of course, there's water all over the ground. So now I'm wet and I've got, I'm on my way into work. I get out and I go into the little convenience store where there's a teenage girl who could care less what's going on in the world around her. So I go up and, and I, as I'm standing there getting her to tell her, of course, she's on her cell phone talking to her friend. So I'm standing there patiently, but I look up and I see that there are surveillance cameras inside the car wash and I car, his car and him. And she's oblivious to everything that's going on around her. And she's got two uh, people and, and cars trapped in this car wash. So, um, finally I get her to hang up her phone and I said, ma'am, you know, you've got a couple customers trapped in that car wash over there. We don't know what to do. And she goes, well, let me call my manager. So she calls the manager, hands me the phone. I'm talking to him and I'm like, yeah, we're stuck. We can't, he goes, well, there's, you know, I need to come over there. I'm like, how far away are you? Cause I'm supposed to be at work. And I'm 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, fine. So he pulls up and, uh, goes in, unlocks, the door was never unlocked. So there's nothing. Oh, so there's a bar geez. that kind of keep it, keeps it from going all the way up. So finally he, yeah. he unlocks that thing, pushes a button, the door rises, we drive out. And um, he said, if you guys will pull over here, he goes, I'll get you taken care of. So we come over and he's like, I'll give you a free car wash next time you guys come. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so anyway, so um, no, thanks. I, there was a police officer that pulled in. I said, officer, I don't know if you need to know, but two of us have been trapped in this, you know, car wash for, you know, who knows, 15, 20 minutes, whatever. And I don't expect you to do anything. It's all fine. I'm going to work. So I get in my car, go to work. I'm, I pull on the interstate and I pass a cop car that's sitting on the inside of the interstate. And as I drive by, I look at him. He looks at me. I go on. I'm not doing anything wrong. And so I look in my rearview mirror because every time we pass a cop, you worry that they're going to come get you, right? And so right, right. he pulls into traffic and he, I'm still kind of watching him in the rearview and he, he's driving, he's kind of coming up through traffic and I notice he's right next to me. So I look over at him and he's actually videotaping me. And so I look over Ugh. and what do you do when somebody's pulled right next to you videotaping you? Wave, right? So I wave at him. You wave, yeah. Why not, right? So I wave at the guy. He drops back into traffic, pulls in behind me, turns on his lights and sirens and pulls me over. And I'm like, what in the world? So I pull over. He's like, you know why I pulled you over? I have no idea why you pulled me over. And I really didn't. 
He goes, you weren't wearing a seatbelt. I'm like, are you kidding me? And he goes, no. I said, officer, I know this is going to sound crazy. I am a, I I wear my seatbelt everywhere I go. And he goes, well, you're not wearing it now. And I said, here's why. I said, I've been trapped in a a, uh, car wash for the past 30 minutes. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I actually heard um, the officer call that in over the radio. And he actually works for me. And he goes, and when I get to work, I'm going to confront him and tell him that he should have calmed you down and reminded you to wear your seatbelt. So he's in trouble and you're, and you're getting a ticket. And I'm like, is your life that that's, I mean, seriously, I'm thinking like, that is so not right. Anyway, I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. He wrote me a ticket, whatever. So I'm like, this day can't get any worse. So I go to work at the time I was, um, working for, uh, with a lawyer who was uh, liquidating a boat company down on the South side of town. And so the boat company had this parrot and I'm like, I don't want to deal with people anymore after the car wash being trapped after this ridiculous police officer that, you know, gave me a ticket for not wearing a seatbelt. So I'm just going to go see Polly, whatever the bird's name was and hang out with it for a while and calm down. So I go over, put my arm in the cage. Polly jumps up on my arm, takes five steps toward me and literally crapped all over my arm. I'm like, I'm, I'm going home. I'm done. That's it for the day. So anyway, that's that story. <laughs> things tend to happen. I get trapped oh in things. So. <laughs> yeah. I got to be careful of where Seriously. I'm driving you. I'm driving right. with you with, right. I guess. <laughs> Beware. That's like a final destination. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but they do get trapped in a, in a car wash. Oh, do they wash. really? How do they die in a car wash? I never heard of that happening. And they yeah. died in the car wash, I assume? Uh, it floods. Oh, seriously? Yeah, I think so. They floods inside the car. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. Dead. What a crazy story. It's funny, though. I mean, I appreciate you sharing these these stories because, like I said, I mean, this is a, a time, I think, that everybody's just in this weird mode and we don't know what's happening, what's ha- what's going on, and we feel very, I think, uncertain about what the future looks like. And like you said at the very beginning, are we going to be able to go back to the normal life? Are there going to be some things that we have to adjust? And and unknowns, I feel like, give people a little bit of uh, anxiety and maybe a little nervousness, worry. And it's it's things like this where we can share good stories and share good moments with people that we care about and um, that help us get through these tough times. And I remember, like, in, in, there's a proverb um, in chapter 17 where it says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, or laughter is kind of how it's sometimes translated, is good medicine. But it follows with this, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And I wasn't really sure exactly kind of what that even uh, meant when I was reading that last part, because I was thinking... Um, I mean, a crushed spirit is very, um, that's very strong language, uh, I think, that's being used there. And I, I texted a friend of mine and just said, hey, what, what are your thoughts on this? And um, so he, he said, he said, over time, um, cheerful people end up being happier. They tend to live longer. Their life, you can see it reflected in their life. He said, but crushed spirits are in anguish. They're like depleting their energy and they're overwhelmed by emotion. He said, we've all been there at some point. He said, but I think the goal is, isn't to ignore our crushed spirit or feelings, but to move from them in healthy ways. 
and through them in healthy ways. So I think we're all kind of in a, a weird mix of where we've got those cheerful moments, but we also might be on the end of having that crushed spirit where we just kind of feel very overwhelmed by what's happening. And um, I think it's just, it's creating some challenges. So Joe, I don't What, what are your thoughts on, on kind of, well, that? we, uh, my wife and I, when we were <clears throat> much younger, we took a uh, parenting class. Uh, it was called growing kids God's way. And one of the concepts that they talked about in that isn't a crushed spirit, but they talked about a closed spirit. And so they, they gave the example yeah. of a human hand, right? And so if you come in and frustrate somebody, it's almost like they somewhat clench their fist, not, not totally into a ball. And yeah. so it just yeah. it closes your spirit up and we're not designed by God. We're not designed to have a closed spirit. And so anytime you do something that causes someone's spirit to close, you're basically causing them to be less than what God designed them to be. So, uh, so the, the um, admonition to parents was be careful when you um, confront or instruct or chastise to do it in a manner that doesn't close their spirit. And so that was great advice um, for those of you out there that are parents uh, to think about that. And so, you know, as we look at the situation that we find ourselves in now, you know, with, all this isolation and, and, you know, we are designed, we're social creatures. We're designed to, to be around each right. other. And, you know, even in our own home right now, you know, we're a very huggy family and there's really no hugging going on. Cause you know, while I know where I was today, I don't know where my you know daughter was. And so it's more, we're doing the elbow bump that is kind of probably going to be the thing in the future. Um, and so yeah. it's just, you find yourself, at least me, um, a little, uh, my spirit's a little more closed, a little more, you know, less open. I, I think that, you know, so tension runs high, you know, people are stressed out. It's just, it's real interesting. And I think, I think we're probably going to see some kind of PTSD type symptoms, you know, after this thing is over um, just to, yeah. you know, cause I think it's really going to impact a lot of people in, in negative ways. I, I, I think, you know, on the, on the eve of uh, Easter, just the, the, how hard it would be to be in this situation without the hope that we have in Christ. And, right. you know, that is the one thing that we have. We know there's not a molecule of coronavirus that he doesn't have control over. He's in right. control and he um, has our best interests at hand. And so that's hope. That's something that keeps us going every day is like, I've got a God who loves me enough to send his son and die on the cross for me so that I can have this relationship with him. He's not going to destroy us. I mean, that's, you know, this isn't the end of the world. Uh, you know, I've heard a lot of people talking about, you know, is this the end times? I Man, I I mean, I it could be. I don't think it is personally. Um, anyway, I've been rambling. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, that's great. No, that's great. It's good stuff. And like we talked about, I mean, with it being Easter weekend, it's very, I mean, this, I, I think I shared this with one of the guys I work with um, uh, yesterday was this is going to be the first time I think in my life that I have not been in church on Easter Sunday. I mean, that was just the thing that you do. And it's the thing that a lot of people do. They don't go to uh, even people that don't necessarily go to church, they go a lot either on Christmas or on Easter. I mean, those are the times that you went. 
And this is like the one time I think literally my whole life I'm not going to be in it. But that's never the point. And I think that's what we're trying to go after here is the point was what Jesus did. That's the purpose. So you don't have to be in a, in a building in order to celebrate that. And you know, obviously what happened yesterday back in that time on Friday was when he was, I mean, completely destroyed as a, as a human being. I mean, broken and bloodshed and um, spit on and mocked. And I mean, it was I mean, just if you even watched a glimpse of the clips of from, from the Passion of the Christ, it just gives you maybe even a small idea of what actually happened. Um, but he went through all of that, dies that night. And uh, I, can you even imagine the, um, the uncertainty that the disciples and people that knew Jesus were living through, like what they were thinking on this Saturday? I mean, just the thought of, wait, this guy that we've served, we've loved, we've cared about, he's taught us so much, he's done so much for so many people, is gone and he's out of our lives. What do we do next? I mean, they're like in almost in the same exact position that we are. That's a great point. Because they're living through something, they're living through something that we've, uh, that they've never experienced before. And the uncertainty that they faced, right? Here's a guy who proclaimed that he is the Christ and he's gone. And that was on Friday. Yeah. Thankfully, right. Sunday came. <laughs> so. <laughs> Excellent. Yep. Yep. And even after Sunday came, there were still a few that, uh, you know, weren't sure. Was he, is he really alive? Is he really? And then finally they see him and he interacts with them. And that's, that's the meaning behind this, this weekend. But just the, the joy that we find through what Jesus has brought to us. Um, and that's what we get a chance to celebrate uh, this weekend. So, Joe, hey, I appreciate uh, you being on. Great stories, funny time. Hopefully, um, those of you that are listening got a chance to laugh for um, some time. And, and, and again, uh, always look for the, time, the places in your life to, to find that joy, to find that laughter, because um, it really does help in times like this. Amen. Isaac, thank you for having me on. And uh, to all of your loyal listeners, uh, happy Easter. He is risen indeed. And uh, just pray that there is a day in the very near future where you can hug a loved one, get out there and, you know, celebrate in God's creation and just enjoy life the way we used to know it, if that's possible. So only he knows, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, everybody, thanks so much for listening again this week. Never forget that you are absolutely loved and you are highly valued people in God's eyes. We'll talk.